You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsners. Coming up on Elsners number 88. What We Do in the Shadows is coming to TV as a series. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is leaving after four seasons. Free comic book day. I review Friday the 13th, the game as an app. And I talk about the WWE and my frustrations with them. That's all coming up on Else Nerds. Hello and welcome to Else Nerds, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, all by myself. Cue the song, the tears, all that stuff now. Corey is away doing, um, he's got some other things that he has to get done. So instead of leaving you guys with nothing, I'm like, I'll do it. Let's do it. Come on. I, I can do this. I got stuff I want to talk about. But real quick, before we get into the show, for all, all info on this show, including subscription links and show notes, go to elsners.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com. And as a warning on Else Nerds, I will probably shoot my mouth off without thinking. Actually, yeah, I will shoot my mouth off without thinking. Let's not even lie there. So I will spoil things and swear liberally. You have been warned. So I'm going to get into the news here a little bit. The first news story is one that I saw and... We've talked about it before in the stages as it's been going on, but this is official. This is actually like they've done this. FX has ordered a What We Do in the Shadows TV series. For those guys who do not know, the show was, or the movie that this is based off of, was released in 2014. It's a vampire mockumentary. It is set in New Zealand, and it starred Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi might know that other name because of uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's the director of that. And Jermaine Clement, he is in Legion. Uh, Taika Waititi directed the film, and they will serve as co-creators and executive producers on the TV series. Now, with this one movie, it's pretty amazing as to what they've split up and have working in there. There's, I believe, still working on... Yeah, they're still working on the sequel to the film called We're Wolves, which takes, which follows the werewolves of New Zealand. And there's also the Wellington Paranormal, a spinoff TV series that will be airing in the New, Ze- in New Zealand TV very, very soon. And then there is this American adaptation. The stars will be Matt Berry, who is Douglas Renham from the IT crowd, uh, Kayvon Novak, uh, Natasha... Demetrio and Harvey Guillen, and they're moving this from New Zealand, from I believe Auckland, New Zealand, to America, to New York City, and it's just going to be focusing on you know much like the movie, it's going to be focusing on these vampires living in the city, and so I mean it's really cool. Uh, Nick Grad, FX's co-president of original pro- programming, issued this statement here: "What we do in the shadows only gets better with age, thanks to it, this brilliant adaptation." for television by co-creators Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Their feature version was a hilarious, fresh take on the mundanity of everyday life that even immortals must face. We are thankful to them, Paul Sims and Scott Rudin, and this amazing cast for taking us deeper into the shadows with this series. I cannot stress how much I love the sh- I love this movie. I mean, it is brilliantly done. Yeah, can't wait to check that out. Uh, hopefully later this, like later in the fall, I don't have to wait a whole year. 
The next news story is one that I saw by doing research for another story. And this is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt will end after four seasons. Now this, for those of you, for people who do not know about this, the um, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was at first going to be a TV series on NBC. Um, it, it's created by Tina Fey and uh, Robert Carlock, who created 30 Rock. You know, they're also the same creators of great news over at NBC right now. And this is the show that Ellie Kemper, you know, starred in, stars in, I should say, along with Titus Burgess, Jane Krakowski, and Carol Kane. And it's it's one of those, honestly, I'm going to credit this as one of the Netflix original shows that got me to stay with Netflix. Because, I mean, where House of Cards is great, you know, asterisk with all the, insert all the stuff about that he did, you know, the guy who plays Frank Underwood, I don't care, I'm not blah. But it's it's very intriguing. So the, and they're doing this in, I'd almost say AMC fashion because uh, they're going to break it up into two parts. The first, consisting of six episodes, will be available on May thirtieth, and with the remaining seven episodes premiering at a later date. And yeah, I mean, it's one of these things that I understand why this is happening. Uh, I look at shows like the IT Crowd. And I mentioned the IT Crowd before with Matt Berry, but. The reason why they canceled that show was because they wanted, they didn't want it to become a zombie show. They didn't want it to where they're doing the same things over and over and over again. So it makes perfect sense that Ellie Kemper wants to do other things. Jane Krakowski wants to do other things, you know, star in Sonic commercials. I blanked on the name of the product because we don't have Sonic where I live. Um, you know, but whatever it is that they're, they're about to do, you know, Carol Jane or Carol Kane wants to go do other pro, uh, product, you know, programs. Titus Burgess wants to go do other, th other stuff. You know, it makes sense to end it now, you know, end it while it's still hot as opposed to end it on a whimper. The next story is typically done as an elsewhere's because at the time of this recording, I'm recording this on uh, May 3rd. Happy May the 4th be with you to everyone. Um, but this Saturday is the first Saturday in May which is famously for us nerds, free comic book day. And I have a few comic books here that I've picked out that you know I'm going to try to get get myself, but there's a whole list if you go to freecomicbookday.com slash catalog. They'll have a list of the comics and you know you can get these. A lot of these you can get for free, I believe, on Comixology and, and I believe probably on Sunday, Sunday or Monday, but you can definitely get a lot of these for free or at a really cheap price at your local comic book shop. Um, we've talked about this before. We talk about this just about every year. This is one of the things that your comic book shop, they buy the comics. You know, so there's, you know, certain amounts that they have to get to get to the gold comics, um, certain levels that they got to hit to go, you know, it's a lower goal for silver because, you know, that's how it works. And I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of great comic books in here. So the first one I'm going to talk about is one that I really want to pick up. And it's Barrier. This is an Image Comic, Image Comic uh, free comic book solicitation written by Brian K. Vaughn with art by Marcos Martin. This is the same creative team behind The Private Eye over at panelsyndicates.com. Uh, 
Now, if you've never heard of panelsyndicate.com, this is a thing that Brian K. Vaughn started, um, you know, started up as a pay-what-you-want service for comic books. So he did it. He started off with the private eye where it was, you know, the story that that was really good, really intriguing. And you could pay as little or as much as you wanted for the comics. If you wanted to, you know, check out the first issue and get it for free, you could get it for free. You want to pay, you know, five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. You could sure as hell pay five hundred, a thousand dollars, you know, however much you want to do. Cool thing is, is Barrier was released on PanelSyndicate.com as a five-part miniseries. And the cool part is the first issue is 53 pages. Now, I say that because, for example, I believe Action Comics number 1000 was an 80-page spectacular. So we're talking about, you know, most and most book comic books are about 22 to, or, you know, 20 to 24 pages you know, with ads and stuff in there, some image comics can get up to about 30. So we're talking about a double size issue that you're going to get for free for freezies. And the cool thing about this is this is an unconventional drama about violence, language, and illegal immigration with a shocking sci-fi twist. So you're going to get, like I said, you're going to get this, the first 53 pages for free, and then you're going to get the next four issues being released weekly through the uh, rest of May. I'm picking this up. I'm adding Barrier to my pull list on Saturday as well because, you know, I love Brian K. Vaughn's work. You know, I love his stuff on Runaways, on Saga, you know, on The Private Eye. And this is just another great way to, to support, you know, to support creators. Next one. Marvel has two different offerings here, illustrating four different comics that they have. The first one is at the gold level, so I think a lot of people will, will have it. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but it's the Avengers and Captain America first looks, essentially. The Avengers is going to be written by Jason Aaron with art by Sarah Pacelli. And the Captain America book is going to be written by Ta-Nehisi Coates with art by uh, Lenil Francis Yu. Now, this is really cool because you have the artist behind Miles Morales' Spider-Man run, you know, for, I believe, all of it, if not a lot of it, with Brian Michael Bendis coming to, you know, coming to do the Avengers and doing amazing work there. And also, you know, Jason Aaron been doing Thor for a good long time, but he's been doing some great comic books there. And, you know, they're teaming up in here and you flip it over. Ta-Nehisi Coates has been killing it with Black Panther so much so that it, for a book that really came out a year before the movie, you know, like not long before the movie got started filming and had such an influence on that movie. This is great. This is a, it's, these are going to be great. The other one is Spider-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. Both of these have, will have new creative teams with Nick Spencer and Cliff Rathburn joining on as writer and artist respectively. And, you know, he is, Nick Spencer is taking over from Dan Sly. He's got big shoes to fill with this. When this comes out, this will either be number 801 
or they would do it like an 800 point one or something like that you know and then you get the guardians of the galaxy issue in there as well which will be really cool next one is doctor who the doc free comic book day doctor who this is a four-part extravaganza here you have a story uh, with the 10th doctor with the stories that they've been setting up Doctor Who, the comic book does something really interesting here. They break them up into years. So they've done, like, the 10th and 11th have been done fairly regularly. They broke them up, in, like, like TV seasons and stuff. And it's it's really cool, really fun how they do it. I'm gonna not going to lie to you. I felt I have fallen out with Doctor Who, but I'm definitely looking at this comic book as well. But you're getting a story with the 10th Doctor, a story with the 7th, um, you know, a classic story, I would say, you know, with the 7th Doctor and with Ace a story with the 11th the 11th doctor follows his time lord taste buds into an all-night diner for madcap meals and unorthodox diplomacy plus with this you're going to get the complete reader's guide to the doctor who comics collection so it's going to tell you you know what to read and all that stuff and the first appearance in titan comics by the 13th doctor written and drawn by her new creative team so that's where i've said you know this is really good if you're wanting to see the tone of what you can expect with the new doctor this is going to be your first shot and it's free there's a show title it's free <laughs> on the next one from boom studios mighty Morphin power rangers special this is tying in with their series that they got going on right now called shattered grid it's a crossover between mighty Morphin power rangers from boom studios and saban's go go power rangers comic series where you have this power ranger from this tommy who plays the green power ranger and the white power ranger from an alternate uh, dimension where he is evil he is known as lord dracon and you're going from there i've been seeing this a lot i have it so i i'm not i can't speak too much to if this is a great jumping on point or if this is bonus stuff i want to say since it is again free comic book day that it's probably going to be a jumping on point for the series the next one is Ghost in the Shell Global Neural Neural Network. This is coming to us from uh, Kodanasha Comics. This is the setup for an anthology series. This is featuring great writers: Alex DeCampi, Black, Becky Cloonan, Brandon Fletcher, Max Gladstone, David Lopez, LRNZ, Koi Fam, Genevieve Valentine, and so many more people. And this first issue, you are following Major Kusanagi as she, you know, reunites with people who shouldn't be there. They should be dead. It sounds really cool. This is one that I'm going to be looking out for. Um, you know, if you like the cartoon, you like, you like the, you like the movie, you know, Ghost in the Shell, you're a Ghost in the Shell fan, check this out. And the final one is Street Angel's Dog. This is written by... Jim Rugg and Brian Maruka with art by Jim Rugg. Basically, it was the premise that got me. You're following Jesse Street Angel Sanchez and her new dog, Pal, as they go on a rampage of fun. They play dress up, skateboard, fight ninjas, skateboard, fight monsters, race robot cars to the death, fight bullies, and teach each other the value of family. It's Jesse's fourth best day ever. Unfortunately, even fourth best days must come to an end. Don't worry, the dog lives. I love that part. The don't worry, the dog lives. Like, we've seen enough shit here. We need to know that nothing's going to go bad. 
but yeah, that's free comic book day. There's plenty more comics. I barely scratched the surface, but, and you know, so like I said, uh, freecomicbookday.com slash catalog will get you the list of comics. And also you can go from there. You can find if your local comic book shop is participating, but that'll do it for the news. And we will be right back. And we are back. And the reason why I'm getting on my phone is not because I am bored with what I am talking about. It is to show you the game that I found that I'm in love with. And as you, as a lot of you guys know from watching this and from Podcast of Terror, I am a horror movie newbie. I, It's not that I don't like horror movies. It's just that, you know, they're not my cup of tea, so to speak. But there is a new game called Friday the 13th. For the, for the audio listeners, I am showing it on my phone right now. And, oh, hey, there's my mom talking to me. Jason Deere, swipe the screen to slide. Blah, 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 kill the counselor. You basically, it's a puzzle game. So I'm going, I'm going to show you the top view here as you can sort of see it. But basically you slide around, you have, you know, a grid that you have to move. Jason always moves as far as he can in a straight line, whether that be good or bad. It pays off, you know, there are obstacles that, you know, that get put into the way of you, whether it be water or um you know even holes have been apart appeared up here the cool part is one the sound i mean the music the sound effects like you you come in with the for every level for every time you come in that's what it does there's so many levels the only thing i don't like is there's not a premium tier i will say because a lot of the levels you unlock by with kills you know so the more kills you do the more weapons you get but then also the more levels you unlock like uh you know future shock wasteland the return to crystal lake which is unlocked with an in-app purchase uh the ripper which you know is london themed unlocked with in-app purchase um, there's all these other things, and then you can also unlock other Jason characters. So right now, I've only I've only unlocked the first two. So there's Crystal Lake Memories, which is sort of like a tutorial, and then Lockdown, which is Orange is the New Dead Lockdown, where you could go to select the levels. And that's sort of the other problem I have is that with the levels, like with the level select, if you tap it, sometimes it'll fake and do the swipe because it's just swipe to go back and forth between the levels has so much replayability with it because of the fact that i mean it, you're it's a simple puzzler you know you're sitting there they introduce in some levels they introduce a level timer counter sort of and they might actually do where it's a time limit but for the most part you're just swiping you know you can actually sit there and think and go okay here 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 and there are obvious ways of getting it done quick but there's always, you know, a couple different ways of doing it. So far, they've only done it once to me so far, but where it's, you have turns. So after you have six turns to kill the inmate, and then in the in here, they introduce the guards as as optional kills. Um, but basically, it's the don't get caught, you know, you know, way that they end it. And then you, once you kill the people, like you kill the, the, inmates then the final person comes in and that's how you end the level 
with a nice little slider bar here that you have to time it right to get the kill. You still pass, but you unlock new weapons by what's called bloodlust. So for each of the kills, you get more blood. And once you fill up the Jason, the Jason mask, you tap on a crate and you get a new weapon. So far, I've gotten one repeat, which sort of sucked. But the other cool part is there is a PG-13 version and a rated R version. I'm playing on the rated R version. It doesn't seem that bad myself. It just seems like really funny because you're watching because they're all they're all cutely animated, too. I mean, you're watching as they're like they're getting stabbed or and stuff or, you know, whatever it is. And it's it's looks adorable. So I I might turn it to the PG setting just to see what it shows me. Like if it's you they get stabbed and out comes rainbows or or whatever. I don't know. But I hey, I enjoyed it. I found it on a whim and I'm just like, all right, download, play. Ooh, this is fun. And yeah, so that's the app. With all that being said, I will take a break and I will discuss the else words. And we are back and it is time for the else words. This is the big portion of the show where I I'm going to discuss something with people out there, not typical for the main audience because this is wrestling focused, but it's sort of due because this this week we have the f- first air quotes uh, co-branded pay-per-view backlash for the WWE. We had last Friday the pay-per-view from over in uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia called the greatest royal rumble where they aired it at noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific for um you know us here in america and where we ha- where we saw the 50 man royal rumble and every title on the line with only one quote-unquote changing hands and that was because the title was vacant the big thing is more on the behind the scenes stuff because one of the guys that is in the WWE right now is the champion is Brock Lesnar. Now, I have nothing wrong with Brock Lesnar personally, mainly because the dude is big and he could kill me if he wanted to. But I have to question WWE's motivations. He is right now the raw, the universal champion, basically the champion, you know, the, the main guy on raw. He's a part-time wrestler. It, there's reports that have come out that said that his his new contract that he signed the Monday before WrestleMania, where it was rumored for the whole year that he was going to drop the title on uh, another wrestler named that goes by Roman Reigns. Um, he's actually The Rock's cousin. Um, that's also because The Rock, like, there's a big Samoan dynasty, and The Rock is just one of the one of the the cogs in that dynasty. But anyways, so the rumor was that Roman Reigns is gonna gonna you know drop the title at or pick up the title at wrestlemania he's gonna win it at wrestlemania and it sort of goes with the fact that you know it sort of goes with things because there's rumors coming out and reports coming out that brock wants to go back to the ufc which hey fine great you know you you were good there but then they signed this new deal this is where i could bring you guys back because the deal's interesting he's he is what's considered a part-time wrestler he only appears in limited capacity now his deal is even more part-time because the wwe could be losing money brock lesnar for every appearance he makes whether that be on raw 
on a, I, pl- I believe even a house show. So, you know, not televised for, t- you know, not for TV, just for the local crowd to come out. They'll probably get about 2000 people, which he hasn't done one of those in three, four years, I think, or a pay-per-view. He makes a half a million dollars. That is American. That is not euros. That is not the currency that Growly Bear uses. That is not pounds. That is a, a half a million dollars American. Now, here's the problem. He's the champ. If this was the territories, this is the guy you're trying to build your company on. This is the guy, you know, that you're paying him because you want him around, you know, doing all these bookings and stuff, you know, like Bruno San Martino, um, God rest his soul. He passed away last, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, he held the title over the course of two, uh, two title reigns. He held it for 11 years. This is back in the fifties uh, and sixties, uh, maybe sixties and seventies where you know you could do this because it was still local but you now have this global phenom that is the wwe you know where they have they're putting a lot of their stuff behind the wwe network and you have your main title because you still consider you know your vince mcmahon you still consider raw your a show and it is being held by someone who shows up and i think all of last year from the time he won the title at wrestlemania against Goldberg so WrestleMania 33 to the to today has wrestled all of I think 10 matches to put it in perspective the average WWE superstar wrestles 300 days out of the year you know with house shows with all that with you know TV tapings you know pay-per-views about they're on the road for about 300 days in that is my problem. Now, Growley's asking, is wrestling dying, becoming a niche thing? It's always been a niche thing. As Beats points out, it is more mainstream than ever. In a lot of parts, it is because of the fact that, you know, WWE is the big powerhouse still. They, you know, they have the, you know, the market share for the whole world. You know, someone show that the number two promotion, I would call it number two with you know, uh, New Japan, a lot of people slip and call it the Indies. That's not the Indies. That is huge. That, I think, is probably the one company that is bigger in Japan than the WWE. And it is because it is geared for them. And I could be wrong. WWE could be still be bigger in New, in Japan. But, I mean, hey, it is huge. It is, And it is expanding to America. But I don't think wrestling is dying. In, in a sense, I think wrestling is changing and I think the territories are dying. The territories have been dead for a long time here in America, you know, since the Monday Night Wars in the 90s with WCW and WWE and ECW as the third, you know, alternative programming. But you look at it now. Uh, Triple H recently did a, or actually about uh, during WrestleMania, held a press conference saying that he wants to expand NXT to a a locally, globally thing. So basically redoing the territories where it's all NXT. So you would have a, you know, NXT Europe, NXT either China or Asia, NXT Australia, NXT South America. 
you know, all these different areas, thus killing the indies. Um, you know, promotions like over in the UK, Defiant Wrestling or ICW in Ireland, Rev Pro Wrestling, you know, really take taking a, a bite out of them. Uh, Progress is another one that's over in the UK. To answer, Garland, to answer your question, I don't think wrestling is dying. It's the niche has grown because wrestling has grown. You know, when I was younger in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was all the hardcore matches. It was all, you know, like, let's do blood and gore. And, you know, ECW was definitely a big influence on that. And nowadays they realize, okay, well, we can't do that because we want to appeal to kids. Well, parents aren't going to let their kids watch as, you know, one guy beats another guy up so much that, you know, oh my gosh, the blood's just flowing down his face to where his face is redder than my shirt or the walls in my room. Beat puts up, brings up another interesting point. Guess UFC is part of the problem for them. Yes and no in my, in my eyes, because UFC where UFC is, you know, big competitor, you know, and WWE might not want to admit it, but they are a competitor. The big difference is UFC is a lot like boxing where you don't have the guys fighting all the time. You don't see Conor McGregor fighting every week. You see him fight, you know, maybe maybe six times at the most in a year. And that's if it's, you know, really hectic schedule and all that. With the UFC, it's more of their roster is bigger. They have, you know, way bigger names and they have weight divisions. And that's the point, you know, they, they wouldn't last as long. That's the big thing because, you know, people will go, well, wrestling's fake. It's not fake. It's scripted. It's pl- the results are planned out. Uh, or Garley goes, so uh, going for a younger audience is not bringing in enough money. No, it's bringing in the money. My problem is not with the money. It's, my problem is the fact that the WWE is, you know, for, you know, you look at all their championships. They have, because right now they have a brand split. They have uh, wrestlers that appear exclusively on Raw, wrestlers that appear exclusively on SmackDown. And with the Raw championship, and they have a, you know, a tier. You know, you have the main title, like the title behind me right there. That's the WWE championship. That is the big title for SmackDown. Um, again, I'm for the audio listeners. I'm pointing to the, um, the backdrop in my room. And that is the that is the big gold for the WWE or for SmackDown. The, the one below it is the United States title. So typically, you know, the what's called the mid card or, you know, about middle of the show. That's where that belt is held you know is fought for and stuff like that um usually up and comers you know are in there you know people that WWE is like we well we can't really make you know buttloads of money off of them but we can make something off of them then there's the women's and the tag team titles those are separate because those are different types of wrestling um obviously one being the women's you know women's wrestling which is you know big you know it that's grown a lot since the days of when I was a kid where it was all puppies and bra and panties matches. And it's like, um, no, these competitors, these women can kick a lot of the men's asses. So let's put them in matches that are longer than, you know, five minutes. And we're not every time they're going for a pin camera right up their dress. Kevin Dunn. Fuck you. Sorry. Um, sidetrack. That's SmackDown on raw. You have that same structure. It's the universal title. 
the IC title, and then their their women's and tag team titles. My big problem with that is, like, you, you look at this past week of programming. WWE has, um, you know, I'm going to go back to the Greatest Royal Rumble. They botched that call. They fucked that call up. So in there, they have a cage match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Um, the end, Roman Reigns spears Brock Lesnar through the cage. Brock's back lands first, but they stated before in the rules, your feet have to touch. Roman Reigns' feet touch the floor before Brock Lesnar's. They award the match to Brock. The ref you know, gives this excuse as to what happened. The easy solution for that is to change the match at the next pay-per-view to you know a another stipulation match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns um because you know stripping block Brock of the belts doesn't win over anyone so you do one more match and you know lose it now i wonder if the end part of me thinks that the ending was changed because at first when roman didn't win at wrestlemania i'm like okay you know he's going to do it at the next you know at the greatest royal rumble or whatever and now I'm like, okay, WWE, uh, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, whoever, all the, the higher-ups that be over there at Creative. If your problem is the fact that the fans are booing Roman Reigns, you have other people that you can put in there. Um, and I'm going to give one right now. The guy who never lost the title to begin with, the guy you put that belt on first, Finn Balor. Now, for the audio listeners, look up Finn Balor. Look up Brock Lesnar. Look at their stats. Finn Balor is like 5'10", 220 pounds maybe. Brock Lesnar is 6'8", or no, 6'4", 6'5", and like 350 jacked. No, not even 350. Like 300 pounds jacked. Like muscle on top of muscle. There's a reason why he got suspended from the from the UFC. Um, steroids. Sorry, did you hear something? I thought I heard someone say steroids. You have, with that, a built-in storyline. couple built-in storylines. There is the David and Goliath angle, you know, with how you had it before with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero won the WWE title from Brock Lesnar. And Eddie Guerrero has a, had a body style more to Finn Balor. The other part is the one I mentioned before. Finn Balor had never lost the title. Finn Balor had to give it up because when he won the title, he injured his, he tore his shoulder. So much so where you go back and watch that match, you can watch the man relocate his shoulder. You know, he dislocated his shoulder and a move hit gone wrong like this, and you watch him just go, bam! And I, you, oh, it's one of those. They played it in a uh, package that they made um, that they call WWE 24, um, where it's it's sort of like the ESPN. Uh, E60s that they do, or the 30 for 30s, and you they sh- and I'm like they sh- showed him put it back in. I'm like, oh my gosh! And then he went on to win the match. You know, he knew his shoulder was fucked, but he's like, I'm gonna win the match. And so the next night he drops the title, he rehabs and all this stuff, and he has not, you know. And this was two years ago. This was two three years ago, and he has not gotten a title shot since. He's been looked at the back. Now the first year, I'm like, okay. This makes sense. You know, you've, you know, the, the WWE has dealt with injury prone wrestlers before. We're going to take it easy on him, you know, to where he doesn't re injure or cause new injuries, to where then we have a guy who has spent more time on the main roster sitting in the sidelines 
than being, you know, out, out on the road making us money. He has put on phenomenal matches. He had for me one of the matches of the night for WrestleMania, and yet he still hasn't had his shot yet. You have a lot of story angles, yet you don't bite the bullet. I don't know what WWE's plans are. I am very intrigued to know what their plans are because part of me feels like they are keeping, and this is where I get even more behind the scenes here. Part of me feels like they're trying to keep Brock Lesnar as WWE champion for a little while longer to beat CM Punk's record. CM Punk is the longest reigning in the modern era WWE champion because we will never see Bruno San Martino's first run of, I believe, seven years ever duplicated. The, uh, the professional wrestling audience does not have that attention span. So you have, you know, back in 2010, CM Punk held the title for, I believe, 434 days, you know, so just over a year, almost a year and a half. And I feel like that's what they're going to do. They're going to do this to where they can put it because CM Punk left the company on very bad terms because he was frustrated with them and a lot of their policies. And it's understandable. I'm not naysaying him. I love CM Punk. He's a great wrestler. Um, If I met the guy, I probably would say he's a great guy. But, you know, Vince McMahon is probably still butthurt about the whole thing and has gone, we're going to keep, you know, we're going to, you know, take you, you know, knock your record down a little bit to fix that. That's going to do it for the show. I mean, I got nothing else to say. And it's it's hard doing a show by yourself. But you can find out all this by following us on Twitter. We are at Else Nerds or the network at Galactic Netcasts. Go to facebook.com slash galactic netcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at that Gregor. You can follow Beatmaster at Beatmaster80. Corey, you can find his stuff at stfucast.com, don'taskcomics.com. Also, there is my Twitch page, which I will try to get back into. I, I have, I might do something after Saturday after Free Comic Day. So it's my next day off. But that is twitch.tv slash that Gregor. And also, I want your opinions here. I want, what do you guys think about the stuff I've talked about, you know, about the WWE with, you know, their Brock Lesnar problem or the news stories before with what we do in the shadows, the free comic book day stuff, the uh, Friday the 13th app. Have you played the Friday the 13th app? Contact us by the, the Twitter stuff, you know, the Facebook stuff, like I mentioned before, but you can also go to mail at elsnerds.com and, you know, send us an email that way or leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. And the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week or else.
For more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.